Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Mac Daddy laughing Pete Robertson. Oh, what are you laughing about, Pete? Because it's like right before we start the show, you have to like you're calm for a second. Yeah. Yeah. You, you collect your thoughts. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this thing. <laughs> that was funny. I'm like, you can't be laughing. We're no. like in the eye of a storm here. We're hurricanes coming, gonna wipe yeah. us all away. Yeah, I was just in the I was in the Northwest for like 21 days, right? And so as I was there, California went through a hurricane. You were hiking through the, the yeah, yeah. wilderness, so all fasting. My, all of my family lives in California. And so they experienced the first time in like 64 oh, or 39 right. or whatever. Hurricane Hillary. Yeah. So they yeah. had this hurricane that comes through and there was a tropical storm. So they like shut down the whole state and everybody's freaking out and there's flooding and there's really nothing. It really was nothing. And so I just texted them last night. I said, yeah, I just got back, guys, and, and, I'm, and I'm preparing for the hurricane. You know, they're like, what? I, you know, I said, no, a real hurricane, you know, not a real tropical storm. Category three. But last we checked, it's going to be hitting in a good location. Right. The people that are living in that location. Yeah, they don't think it's so good. good. <laughs> but as far but the, as the, the, popul- four, the four people that live there. But as far as the population <laughs> is concerned, it's a good part. It is. Uh, it, it can be hitting. Yeah, because if it's what, 100 miles or 80 miles south of that, it hits. Tampa and St. Pete, which, what, you know, two, three million people. That is where we don't. Yeah, yeah. Millions of people. Yeah. I mean, we watched last year when, what what came through? Ian. Yeah. When Ian had the eye. They thought that was going to hit Tampa. That, what I, sh- I saw all those models, that was bad. I yeah. mean, Tampa is in a position where the storm surge would literally flood the city. Yep. The way that it's set All up pushes into the into the bay, and so. I don't think anything sit there in forever, like a hundred years or something. Yeah. It's weird, right? It's weird. Uh, it's like right in that center. You would think that it would hit there. It hasn't. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be hitting up towards the Panhandle. I think going to be okay. I, I think, think so. Yeah, a little wind, a little rain. I mean, it, it's not summer without a hurricane. You gotta, you gotta at least have one. Well, I mean, everybody here in Central Florida those prepared for it, so. We were just talking with Barry and he said that all the, I think you said too, that no, there was no water. Yeah. I went to Sam's club yesterday. It was a madhouse. You couldn't even get into the parking lot. And I don't understand. Why do people buy up all the water? They're so afraid of the water getting turned off. Water's one thing we have plenty of. (laughs) So let me ask, let me ask this question. And and this is an honest question. So Sam's club knows this. Walmart knows this. All the grocery stores know this. Why do they not have a hurricane built thing that has all the hurricane stuff you need? In abundance. Why did they run out? I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm asking a serious question. So, you know, they're going to have, these are going to be the things people are going to buy. This is what you need surplus of. So have a container or a whole warehouse that's hurricane. So every time a hurricane comes through, you just have the trucks going. Yeah. And it, maybe they do, but it kind of like happened quickly. And then, you know, boom, all of a sudden, here it is. Listen, I've been here in 2015. I've been through they like always run out. Eight, eight hurricanes. And every single time, they're out of the main things that you And do. it's not like bottled water goes bad. No. <laughs> you can no. have, you can stock it up. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 is that a conspiracy? What's going I, on? I don't know. Is there something to this? No, you know, you guys should tell us, our listeners. What's going on? What's going on? Why is this happening? Oh, so, yeah. Everybody gets in line for everybody wants a full tank of gas, which I get that. No, I because the power that. goes off oh, yeah, and yeah. you want to be able to get out of town, right? Uh, yeah. Or a and generator. A, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and yeah, 
yeah. fuel for generators. So I don't know. It's it's like just living in Central Florida. I, you know, people in the other parts of the country. Oh, I don't want to deal with those hurricanes. Really, it's not. Well, let, let's talk about the real. Thing. Not that so big here, of a deal. Here's a real threat. China sends up some sort of um, EMP EMP into the yeah. space. Now we're talking real threats. Yeah, and it shuts down our grid. Now we have we can't do anything. Yep. I mean, it's completely out. Now what do you do? I've heard stats. Ninety percent of Americans would die within the first year. We would not be able to survive. Yeah. No. I mean, that's real. Okay, now we're freaking out. That's a out. big number. But that's the truth. I mean, that can happen. <laughs> this is a good uplifting show Listen, we have for you today. We, we do have good news later in the show, I promise <laughs> you. We do have good news. Very, very, very good news. But Sam's Club and Walmart and all these other grocery stores, they're not going to help us there. I mean, they might. I and mean, they can get us food for uh -huh. a little bit. But, I mean, once the systems are down and we're, think about all the electric cars now and all this stuff that's happening. It's we're, I don't know. They're all yeah. they all get shut down. We all live by computers now, and everything's that. Everything, I mean, everything is electric. So now we need to, we need to go back. Let's go back to the analog day. Let's go back to where paper and it's you know. Let's get our filing cabinets out and well, even paper. We still need the sawmills and and electric to do that. So or I guess you can go back to the old lumberjack. Speaking of lumberjack, I was up in Alaska. We did this lumberjack <laughs> show. Squirrel. <laughs> Did you get to go to the Lumberjack show? You did. It it's was so much fun. Yeah, we did that. We're too. changing the page real quick. We're getting off of that other subject. Yeah, let's get off that. Hurricanes yeah. and all this. Let me, let me just down. guess. But we know we have Jesus. Amen. So we don't have to worry about all that. Amen. Yeah. So, all right. It's so we, good to be aware of what's going on. You want to pay yeah. attention to the storm. If yeah. for no other reason, be able to help out your neighbors. You be a blessing to people around you. So there was a Lumberjack, and um, he was a really good-looking dude. Young guy, maybe 25. He's a young guy. Really good looking guy. And uh, so we took a picture. We sent it to Bree. And we said, that's my daughter, my middle daughter. I said, hey, Bree, found a lumberjack for you. <laughs> <laughs> but she did She did say find her husband, right? Yeah. yeah so so there's, there, there you go. You did it. So there was uh, our thing. Uh, she's She went with us uh, one time to a lumberjack up in Alaska. So we took her. She's, oh, I like lumberjacks. You know, she was like that back then. And so we we just carried it on again. As <laughs> that's we saw awesome. Lumberjack. There he is. That's awesome. Yeah, we're we're was this in Ketchikan? In the studio right now. We're showing the oh, so we're showing a picture. I'm sure we saw him yeah. too. I'm sure it's that's the same guy. He looks very familiar. Yeah. Was he on the Canadian team or the yeah, US team? team? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same guy. Yeah, it's probably his I season. I think we saw him too. Yeah. He's a good looking guy. That's too funny. Yeah. Young good looking. Did he win or lose? Did the Can uh, Canada Canadians or? Canadians won? They did? Yeah. Americans won this time. Did they? Okay, yeah. good. We were on Canada's side. We were we were too. Yeah. You we were on the right side, not the Yeah. But we had good seats. We were, up we were right up front. front. Well, second row, I guess they had the front row reserved or whatever. So you're always up front. I'm in the back. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, just like church. Just like church. I'm in the front row and you're a backseat Baptist. Baptist. That's hilarious. <laughs> Everybody's like, wait, is he a Baptist? No, yeah, I'm not actually, a Baptist. No, 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 no. He, that's just where he sits. That's just where he sits. He's not. Although he does believe in submersion. So we got that going I for us. I full submersion, not sprinkle. <laughs> So everybody's like, what's the difference? That's a whole nother show. Um, water, excess yeah. water. <laughs> one's a tropical storm, one's a category five hurricane. Listen, I support if you sprinkle and I support if you full submersion. I'll just say I'll put it out in the air. You're okay? Yeah, I'm good with it. It's still way. it's still just a signal yeah. or a sign, uh, uh, the symbol symbolism. Yeah. That's the word I was it's looking for. It's the heart, man. That's the heart, man. It's all about the heart. Well, speaking of baptism, what I want to get baptized in the Jordan River next June. Yes, let's do it. 
Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. Can't if we wait. get only if there was only like a trip that we could go on. Yeah, we're going on it. Where we could go to like Come Egypt and Jordan yeah. and Israel. Yeah. Like two weeks. Yeah. Let's say. Let's do and it. uh and get baptized in the Jordan yeah. River. Go to June next year. Come let's with do us. It. Go to the riotpodcast.com. All the information is there. Sign up. Five hundred dollar deposit gets you on. And uh deadline's coming up, Pete. Yeah, don't don't wait too much longer to get yeah. that deposit in. We we need to get the numbers. We got the hotels reserved. Yep. Um, we're ready to go. We just need yeah. we just need some we need a few more people to join us. Yep. We've talked about it many times and we're we're looking forward to it. It's gonna be exciting. Awesome. My but daughter I, is so excited. I'm going uh in a few weeks. I'll be there in a few weeks going. Be doing it ahead. Are of you time. just go, you just going to Egypt? Are you going to? No, I'm doing Israel. Egypt, you're everywhere. doing the whole nine yards. Yeah, but I'm doing a little bit more. I'm you're doing going to Galilee, a Nile cruise too, huh? You're going to Galilee? Yeah, I'm doing all that. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's so beautiful there. I love to see a Galilee. Be fun. Very cool. All right, you ready to jump into the yeah, show? Let's pray and get going. All right, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to just talk about you. As we uh, and we're almost done with the book of John. As uh, you know, Pete told us it would only take us a few weeks and. Uh, we are, um, I don't know, a year and a half into it, but it's been, man, it's just been an amazing journey. Thank you for the blessing of this book. Thank you for your servant, John, who um, documented this this history. And, uh, and it's just, we learn so much about who you are in, in this book, and and uh, we're just grateful for it. So bless the show. We ask that you be with our listeners. Be with us as we, as we dissect this. And Lord, everything we say be true and honorable to you in jesus name amen amen well a lot of people don't know is is reason why it's taken us that long though truthfully it's because we do a lot of shows in between we don't just always stick to unpacking oh, that's time. true but it's more yeah. fun to pick on you i know i just want to say i'm that. just having a good time i, just, I know that but I so what are we going to title the show um i i like the title it's do we have historical faith or saving faith and I think anybody that will ask that, well, if once they read that and they ask that question, we're like, what does that mean? Right? Because do you have historical historical faith, faith versus saving faith? Yeah. Mm. So let's go ahead and let's dissect this and and dig into it. I love this. When I was writing this or going through this, um, and studying it in the depth, um, I got giddy. I, I mean, I had like a joy bubbly. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I just like got excited about this. Man, I hope the same thing happens for our listeners. Right. That would be so it's awesome. It's one of those chapters that when you get the context of what we're getting at, it was, it's powerful. It was like, ah, this is amazing. So, anyway, All right, let's yeah. jump into it. Today, we'll, we will be unpacking John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. It talks about the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection is an essential part of the gospel message and key doctrine in the Christian faith. It proves that Jesus is the Son of God and that his atoning work on the cross has been completed and effected. The empty cross and the empty tomb are God's receipts telling us that the debt has been paid. Isn't that cool? Yes, That's very cool. That's a cool statement, right? Yep. Yeah. Jesus is not only the Savior, he is also the sanctifier. See mm. Romans 6, yeah. um, verses 4 through 10, and the intercessor, mm. intercessor mm -hmm. Romans 8, 34. One day he shall return as the judge, yeah, in so, Acts 17. So this, he's the, our Savior because we, go, we don't go to hell now, right? So he paid the price for yep. our salvation for eternity. The intercessor, now he goes before us, before the Father. So when we pray... He's the go-between. Now we can have access to the Father. He intercedes and he prays for us and he knows. And, you know, that says that the Bible says that Jesus is praying for you. 
So we know that he's praying. He's doing that. He's sanctifier. We already talked about that. Or no, we didn't. The sanctifier is, um, you know, by his, him teaching us what it means to live holy, we are then being, uh, I guess, circumstances or life things that are happening in your life are molding and shaping you into the image of Christ. And so because of what he taught us and learned, we are being shaped in, we're being sanctified to walk holy. So that's what he's doing. That's what is allowing us. And then the last one was the judge. It says that every knee will bow, every tongue confess. If you believe in Jesus, um, you have, then you have salvation. If you don't, you don't. So his resurrection accomplished all of that. That got me excited. That's I was like, awesome. What? You know, so anyway, right. oh, you know, you hear all the time you got that Jesus was 100% man, 100% God. And what the resurrection, I mean, this is so somebody wrote this down and I, I just copied it and I want to share it with you. It said, Death, his death proved he was human, yeah. his resurrection proved he was God. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. So, one thing that we will discover today is that the glorious truth of the resurrection was not understood immediately by even his closest followers. It gradually dawned on these grieving people that their master was not dead, but alive. And what a difference it made when the full realization of his resurrection took hold of them. So let's read verses 1 and 2 of John chapter 20. Consider And consider Mary Magdalene's experience that Jesus is now alive and how she comprehended this truth. Then we will move on to his disciples and how they handled I think that's why I got so giddy because it was like, I put myself in Mary's shoes. I, I literally did. I mean, I was just like, how would I respond it? I got to the tomb. I looked and there's nothing there. And then guards are there in, in the, to- the, the tomb. What, where did it go? You know, I'm asking the question, what's going on? Your brain can't be, it's like not processing. Something's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah. kind of what I'm saying. All right, let's read. Very cool. All right. Verse one. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. I love how John talks about himself. And said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Yeah, John is a crack up. John, (laughs) such a character, that John. (laughs) Such a character. All right. Mary Magdalene and several other women agreed to go to the tomb early on the first day of the week so that they might show their love for Jesus in completing the burial preparation. Why didn't they just do it when he was buried, Pete? It, you do it after. There's just a certain sequence. I don't know the whole thing, but I know that there's a certain thing that they do. The something to do with the man, Sabbath and they, something yeah, too, right? Yeah. Okay. Their great concern was how to get into the tomb. Perhaps the Roman soldiers would take pity on them and give them a hand. Mary went ahead and got to the tomb first. And when she got there, the stone was rolled away. Yeah, I'm just, I'm again, I mean, I couldn't comprehend it. So I'm thinking, okay, who stole it? Who did this? Where did the Roman guards take them? You know, what's going on? That's what I'm thinking. So I, I don't know. But after she realized what had happened, she ran immediately to give the news to Peter and John, who must have been living together at a place known to the other believers. So I'm thinking that they were probably bunking up or something. I don't know. Because you went to both of them. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't try to read into this, but... The disciples' dorm room? Yeah, but there's something here because they were both there or they she knew where they were meeting. Maybe they had a safe house. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, because afterwards, they they were probably fear for their life, I'm, I would guess. But Mary's use of the pronoun we is interesting for it included the other women who at that moment were discovering that Jesus was alive. 
the woman left the tomb and carried the angel's message to the other disciples. So wait, I just, you kind of jumped ahead. I did, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> we 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 will adjust. So wrap up wrap up one, and then you you kind of already jumped into to two. So just kind of put those. I, just put them together. Just go ahead and wrap she up this thought, whole section. She thought somebody broke into the tomb and stole the body, plain and simple. But we can't blame her for thinking this. It's difficult to think that how she might have acted or how we would have acted. It was still dark. She was alone, like the other followers of Jesus. She did not believe that he would return from the So it's like he. Well, it is kind of hard to believe, right? Somebody tells you, I'm going to rise, you know, I'm going to die, but then I'm going to come back to life. Yeah, okay. So Jesus was a real human being, said real words, and. There were so many things that they heard him say, but never comprehended what he was saying until after the resurrection, yeah. until after return. So this was one of those things that he's told them over and over and over again. This is what happened. And they still just didn't understand it. So that's, and then instead, like I was just saying in the next part, so she ran to Mary, ran and used we talking about the other women. But I think it's significant that the first witness of the resurrection are believing women. The testimony of the women was not held in high regard. It would be better that the words of the law be burned, one rabbi said, than be delivered to a woman. They were kind of anti-women. I mean, that's just how the Muslim community is today. A little yeah. I shouldn't say the Muslim community. I should say sex of the Muslim community. They uh, they don't look upon women as... Um, still today. Yeah, to the, yeah, still today. Um, but these Christian women had an ever greater message than the law, for they knew the Savior was... Can you imagine? That was the women's message. God revealed to them that they, these rejects, according to the standards, right? These these people that don't have whatever that is, they he says, here, I'm going to reveal myself to you first. I'm going to show that you're alive. You know what? This is just more proof that it's true. Because if somebody were making, if John were making the story up to try to convince people that it was true... He would never have used women as the witness. There's no way he would have done it. It would have been the great high priest, would, or it would have been yes. something. He would have done something of prominence. It would have been Potiphar. Or, it's just or, another or, way you know this is yeah, true. I don't know why I said that. Pilot. It would have been different. There's no way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it just proves. I mean, the Bible shares all the hard stuff and the real stuff and the truth. I mean, that's that's that is it. You know, here... You know, let's let's have the women be our voice, our messenger. <laughs> yeah, no, that would never happen. It wouldn't happen. That's so awesome. All right. I don't know why that occurred to me. But, but it's like, true. Yeah. All right. Let's read verses uh, 3 through 10. Okay. So Peter went out with the other disciples, and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb. For <laughs> Again, John, he should say, yeah, but I am a quicker runner than Peter and I beat him there. I win the race. But that's not what he said. He's so funny the way he writes. And stopping and stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He had to throw that one more jab in there. Oh, by the way, I beat him there. Yeah, Peter's out of breath. <laughs> Maybe we're reading too much into it, but man, it's a funny picture. <laughs> and then went into the tomb. Peter went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus's head. Not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first one more time also went in and he saw and believed. For as, for as yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Yeah. So 
Verse 3 suggests Peter started off running first, but in verse 4, John says he arrived first. <laughs> so is this the first Olympic Games or you know, what's going on here? I just, I, I, I just, I love it. I mean, if you can't read the Bible and laugh, I mean, come on, there's humor everywhere. I it's, mean, Jesus was funny. I mean, John is hilarious. It's hilarious. So John made sure that he, that that was in there. I mean, he he did not want to leave this out. I mean, I bet you when he's writing this, he probably had um, Polycarp write this, one of his disciples, or um, who was his other? Uh, oh, my mind's Ignatius. So Ignatius and Polycarp were both of his early disciples. So they probably were writing this, and he's probably cracking up, laughing with them as he's as he's dictating this to them. And then just saying, Peter was so loud. So, um, but the bottom line is they both had the courage to run. It could have been a trap. They didn't know. I mean, they could have. Yeah, I mean, point. seriously, it could have been something different. Um, but when yeah, John. it could have been a way to draw out the disciples to crucify or arrest them. I, John was more the thinker because when John arrived at the tomb, he cautiously remained outside and looked in. He was like, okay, uh, what's going on? What's going on? Yep. But perhaps um, he, you know, perhaps he wanted Peter to be with him when he went into the burial chamber. What, what did he see? Um, He saw the grave clothes lying on the stone shelf without any evidence of violence or crime. Um, They laid there like an empty cocoon, still remaining, uh, retaining the shape of Jesus body. I mean, that was, that was, Kind of the key there. I mean, it's like okay, well, uh, you know, we can kind of get into what, why, why is that significance? Why they were still sitting there? But that's that kind of, you know, talks to that a little bit. And then goes into statement four. And yeah, kind of goes into and that. true to Peter's character, when he arrived, he impulsively went into the tomb, just as we would expect him to do. He also saw the linen clothes lying there empty, and the cloth for the head was carefully rolled and lying by itself. Yeah, I mean, again, that's. You know, my I would say my character would be more like Peter's. I think your character would be more like John's. I think you would be thinking it through a little bit. I think we kind of fit ourselves that way. <laughs> and and I would have been more of a I put my foot in my mouth kind of guy, right? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was. But but the key here is the empty tomb and the cloth. Of the head was carefully rolled and lying by itself. So it was if it was a grave robber, they would not have carefully unwrapped the corpse and then leave the grave clothes neatly behind. In fact, after they tightly bound the wrapped bodies, it would have been impossible for them to do it without damaging the wrappings. The only way those loose cl- linen clothes would have been left in a condition would be if Jesus passed through them as he rose from the dead. So we've seen that that shroud of Sur- uh, Turin, right? Yeah. We've seen that where they had the, we don't know if that's true or not. <clears throat> we know that it was, I think, from the 13th century that they had it. They, know, they could trace it back, I think, that far. Um, so we know it's old. We know it's very old. And could they have done it back then? Who knows? Um, but why would it be clean? And how could it have done that if, you know, and folded neatly? You know, how could all that happen? Yeah. I mean, and then you ask, well, is this a lie? Well, they're eyewitnesses. And these eyewitnesses were testifying and others, the ladies saw this and other people saw this. So there's, they're not lying. They're saying what they saw. They're eyewitnesses. Oh, and, and then this carried on. Like I said, for John, the, his his first fruits were Polycarp and Ignatius, and they carried on the work and so on. And so, you know, they would just share this. You and, know? and weren't the guards, the guards were still there too, right? That's the other thing. They so, saw it. Yeah. I mean, if somebody had come to steal the body, the guards would have known. There would have been reports of this. It was a very big deal. 
And the reports that we got were from the Roman centurions or the governors were that they wanted to shut it down. They just said they someone stole the body because they didn't want to get this out, you know, and that was the rumor. Oh, somebody stole the body, you know, and people have picked up on that. But the truth of it is they're, they're eyewitnesses. They, they were there and Jesus appeared to them afterwards. You can't, the amount of people that he appeared to yeah, like 500 people, yeah, right? You can't, you can't discount this. And then Jesus sitting, remember when he sat at the fire by the thing afterwards and they came in after fishing all day and oh, yeah. sitting there. Those are, these are all eyewitnesses, Thomas, you know, and he moves through the wall. I mean, they don't, you can't make this stuff up. It's just, it's, and for it to be said, so anyway, uh, people try to discount it as much as you want. I, I'm telling you, you do the study, you do the research, you cannot deny that Jesus was real. You cannot deny that this. All right. All right, moving on. It seems incredible that the followers of Jesus did not expect him to come out of the tomb alive. After all, he had told them many, many times that he would be raised from the dead. Remember in Matthew 12, 40, when he compared himself to Jonah and clearly announced his resurrection after three days. So with all of that said, what kind of faith did Peter and John have at this stage in their spiritual journey? Well, that's a great question. And um, in, and again, I, I put myself in this, in this situation. God has told me things in my life, and I look back, that I know for a fact I heard God, but I didn't understand. And I wasn't ready to understand him. And I know he shared things with me in my past, like, okay, this is what you're going to be doing, and this is what's going to happen. And I just didn't get it. And then when it happened, I still didn't get it. I was still confused. And then it was there was a moment in my time where like, I had an aha moment. Yep. The light bulb went off. Oh, my gosh, that's what he's been trying to tell me all along. That's what happened here. You know, so Peter, John, let's not throw them under the bus. Right. This happens to us. This is the same thing. But they had faith based on evidence. So this is the historical aspect of they could see the grave clothes. They knew that the body of Jesus was not there. However, as good as the evidence is to convince the mind, it can never change the life. Those of us who live in centuries later cannot examine the evidence for the material evidence, the tomb, the grave clothes, and so on is no longer there for us to inspect. But we do have the record of the Word of God, and that record is true. Peter understood this when he wrote in 1 Peter 1, 12 and 21, that it is the Word of God, not a personal experience or material evidence that we should, not, that we should put our faith in. Our life is transformed because of Jesus himself and his Word. It's not through anything hmm. else. And I think so talking about the evidence based off of evidence, a lot of people say, show me a miracle and I'll believe. Or, you know, God, why aren't you answering? I was just watching a show the other day and uh, it was George Foreman, of the movie about George Foreman. And George goes out and says, uh, you know, I don't believe in God and, 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 you know, I pray and he never answers my prayer. I, you know, something happens and I get mad at God or something like that. And I was just thinking... That's really a lot of people. They go to God saying, God, heal my brother, and your brother dies. Um, and then you're mad at God. You're blaming God for all of that. And they have no idea who God is. They don't know that he's a loving, good God. They just see him as this bad God because he didn't answer. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's based off of evidence. Show me something. Show me the, the miracle. Show me that you're a good God. Well, the, the issue is they're running the other way from where God is at. 
if you're not, you're not going to see God if you're running the other way. You're looking for evidence in all the wrong places. If you want to find God, the Bible says you have to come as a broken and contrite spirit. You got to come in humility. You got to say, God, forgive me. You know, you're not God. He's God. And so you have to come on his terms. And if you're not going to come on his terms and you're just going to be seeking evidence, you're going to seek in all of this based off of what you think is right, then you're never going to hear and you're never going to understand him. But if you come on his terms and in what Jesus says, the reason why he rose from the grave is so that we can, he can, he proved the point. He says, listen, you believe in me. I will give you rest. I will follow. I will draw near to you if you draw near to me. And, and, and that's what he did. And so anyway, so they, this is based off evidence. That's what it looks like. So many people are looking for God if for evidence. They're saying, show me something, right? Show me a miracle. Show give, me this. Give me evidence. a sign. And then we would say, here's the word of God. There's enough evidence right there to prove the point. <laughs> well, no, that's just written by man. And, and that's all. Listen, these are eyewitnesses. They're, this is a historical document that is true. We can trust it because it's been, it's been, it's been uh, translated. It's been transferred from generation to generation. You know, I think a lot of people forget that that the the first four books of the New Testament, they're everybody called it's the gospel, right? But they're four biographies about Jesus. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. Now, if we if you took let's take some other character in history, if you had four biographies of George Washington, and you read those and you learned more about him yeah. from eyewitnesses yes. that spent time with him, yes. you'd be like, okay, yes. that's what really happened. Why do we have an issue right. with this? Because I mean, he's at- asking you to do something. George Washington <laughs> never asked you to do anything. Really, there you go. Jesus is asking you to bend your knee and believe in him. That's right. He's asking you to confess your sins and, and, and to confess that you are. That's a, right. A and if, that and if you want to be the Lord of your life, that rubs you the wrong way. And Jesus wants you to be a good person. He wants you to be a person that's filled with love and gentleness and kindness. He wants you to be a person that has the Holy Spirit leading you. He wants to be a person that trusts in him with all your circumstances. And we're saying, no, I want to do my own circumstances. <laughs> I want to, I want to figure out my own life. And he's like, dude, I came to take care of all of that. I, I wiped that off. That's why I came on the earth. That's why I've given you my stories in the gospel. So you know without a shadow of a doubt that I am God and I will take care of you for the rest of your life. You don't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> I want to work my way to God. Yep. And he says, no, I am the way. That's it. <laughs> all right. Keep in mind the... Um, that the disciples only had the Old Testament to make sense of the resurrection. The New Testament has not been written yet. So after he appeared to them and revealed this ministry to them, the Bible must have come alive to them in a new and special way. Yeah, we know that based off of of Acts 2 with Peter, but yeah, for sure with Paul. Remember, he saw the resurrection in Psalms 2-7, as mentioned in Acts 13-33. Peter saw it in Psalms 16-8-1 when he was given that that fiery sermon to those 3,000 came in Acts 2. Um, Peter also referred to Psalms 110, 1, um, amongst other scriptures, alluding to the resurrection. But the bottom line is that after Jesus' resurrection, you know, Paul says the mystery was revealed, right? So his the whole mystery of Christ came into light. Oh my gosh, is probably what happened. I see it now. I see what you were talking about through the prophets for all those years. The bottom line is that after Jesus' resurrection, he did not reveal himself to everyone, but only to selected witnesses who would share the good news with others. Jesus was looking for faithful, available, and teachable. <laughs> he was literally, he was looking for who is going, who do I reveal myself to that are going to take this message to the world? And look what happened. The whole world's been transformed and changed because of Jesus' resurrection. Um, 
but the the new the new covenant is now in play and these eyewitnesses declared his resurrection to everyone and we can now find those records in the new testament the old testament and new testament now agree the law the psalms and the prophets and apostles together all bear witness that jesus is alive jesus says i did not come to uh, to take away the law but to fulfill the law mm-hmm. right so jesus came he fulfilled the law he he perfected the law Right, he took the Old Testament and the New Testament and brought it together as one, and and it now all makes sense. Without that resurrection, it doesn't all make sense. It's still a little confusing, and so these apostles, these disciples, and the apostles are like, "OMG, this!" Oh no, my literally, God. you yeah. say "OMG." Oh my God! Oh my God! That's yeah. I think that's what happened. They're yeah. like, "Oh my God, he's yeah. God. Yep. He really is God." Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So that's why I kind of like when I started reading this, I'm going through this. I was getting a little giddy because I'm like, oh, my God, you're getting a little crazy. giddy again. That's I like crazy. it. I like it. All right. All right let's keep reading. All right. um, 11 let's go to yeah, 11 verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb as she wept. Aww. I know. Right. As she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. One had one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Woman. Woman. Why are you? We've heard that before in in this book. She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Yeah, remember it was an endearing woman. Yes. It's right. Back to John chapter 2. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you? There it is again. Woman, why are you weeping? Careful, you can't show. Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, why did she think he was the gardener? That cracks me up. Anyway, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take care of him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in in Aramaic, Rabboni. Did I say that right? Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he said these things to her. I just, I love it, Mary. Boom. Light bulb. She got it. Ah. Okay. All right. Peter and John had gone home by this time, and Mary got back to the tomb. When Mary got back to the tomb. So... They did not convey to her what conclusion they had reached from the evidence they had examined. Mary still thought that Jesus was dead. Yeah, so she has no idea that Peter and John have already put it all together. They're like, okay, something's going on here. It's not a grave robber because the why are the clothes all folded? Um, the Romans have no idea. So they're now thinking, okay, something's up here. So they're they're articulating this thought where Mary hasn't had the privy of knowing this yet. So she hasn't dissected it. She just saw it, boom, and jetted, told him, now she's back. So, but let's start with the weeping. So Mary's weeping was loud lamentation. So the characteristics of the Jewish people of the day when they expressed sorrow. So I must've crushed Jesus a little bit, seeing Mary in this much pain, just like he was when Lazarus died, right? He was in a lot of pain. Um, But there's certainly nothing wrong with sincere sorrow because God made us to shed tears and weeping is good therapy for broken hearts. I've, I've cried hard. Like my dad just passed away this week and I cried really hard. And so it does, you feel kind of freeing afterwards, right? A little bit, you feel, 
okay, okay, you know, and you feel better. But then, but there's, there's also crying where there's hopelessness. That's different. We have hope in Christ, but outside of Christ, we don't have that. And there's, there's a little bit different there, but the sorrow of a Christian, however, must be different from the hopeless sorrow of the world. First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 says, because we have been born again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, we weep not because our believing our believing loved ones have gone to heaven, but because they have left us and we simply will miss them. There's a whole different li- beings. There's there's people that are weeping, but they have no hope for tomorrow. They don't have hope that they're going to see their loved one in heaven, especially for the for the followers of Christ. Now, if you have somebody that died that did not know Jesus. That one hurts a little bit. That yep. one stings a little bit more because you're going to be weeping um, not only because we don't know if they're going to be in heaven, but we also are weeping because we're going to miss them. You know? So that's a little bit of a sorrow. But from a Christian standpoint, I mean, if I were to die, you're going to probably weep because you're going to miss me, but you're going to be rejoicing and jealous yeah. because I'm going to be with heaven. You know, so it's a little bit different. But yeah, so this, I was talking about the weeping good yeah you know just a side note i mean this is not nothing to do with this text but i'm just thinking as as you were going through that how hard i mean you and barry have both done funerals and how hard it must do be to do a funeral where you don't know a person safe i mean that's a different that is a different event than doing a funeral where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that person is is now Dancing with Jesus. Yeah, I have done that. Why? And oh. and you just, your whole mindset is you point people to Jesus. You just you try to reach us. Even this, God can use this for good. Yep. Let, let's use it. Yep. Oh, good stuff. All right. So when Mary looked into the tomb, she saw men in white. Their position at either end of the shelf where the body uh, had been laying makes us think of the the, cherub, the cherubim. The cherubim. Yeah. On the mercy seat. Oh, yeah. Like on, oh, I know what you're yeah. talking about. So, um, uh, yeah, in the mercy seat. It is as though God is saying, now there is now a new mercy seat. Jesus has paid the price. So a new way is open into God's presence. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I like that thought process. I mean, I'm, we might be stretching there, but I don't think we are. It's um, a picture. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, Jesus is the new mercy seat. It's it's by believing in Jesus, his mercy is shed upon us. I mean, we are now, we now can have eternal life because of Jesus at mercy. We deserve death, but because of that. So I think that's a good illustration, but, but yeah, this is good. What's funny is Mary was not disturbed at seeing these white men, these men in white, and there is no evidence that she knew that they were angels. The brief conversation never, neither dried her tears nor quieted her mind. She was determined to find the body of Jesus. So she was in, she was only one track mind. I want to know where my father, where you guys laid my 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 savior. Where is he at? What's going on? Right? I mean, there's, that's true. There, She's there, focused. She's focused. Right? There's angels sitting right there, <laughs> sitting on there. She's not even thinking about it. They're in white. They're probably glowing. I don't know. There's probably some sort of because whenever you see angels other places in the Bible, they immediately go, "Oh my gosh!" You know, they recognize there's power. They recognize something. Mary, nothing. Didn't yeah. even notice it. Bam, nothing. What are, yeah, well, obviously they can come like kind of like that, but yeah, I mean, how so many times we've run into angels and uh-huh. then no, all the time, sure. Like, I mean, Mary's running, she's two angels here and didn't realize it. Yeah. I'm sure it's happened to us. Yeah, as well. Gardeners, what are you guys here for? What's right. going on? Right. All right. So, why did Mary turn back and continue her conversation with the two strangers? Great question. Uh, air quotes. 
Did she hear a sound behind her? Or did the angels stand and recognize the presence Ooh. of the Lord? Oh, there's a good question. Yeah. Would they stand or would they bow down? They, yeah, probably would stand in reverence and then bow or something. I mean, or get on their knees. Who knows? Mm. But those are great questions. Perhaps both of these speculations are true or neither is true. She was certain that Jesus' body was not in the tomb. So why linger any longer? That's really what the thought is. So my guess is Jesus deliberately concealed himself from her. And he would later do when he walked with the disciples to Emmaus. Remember that? The whole road to Emmaus? Where after his resurrection, yes. he's just and walking. They're, and they're talking about what's going on. You know what's going on. We <laughs> he's probably that. just chuckling to himself. Yeah, we see that in Luke 24. <laughs> but it was it was still early and perhaps dark in part of the garden. His Her eyes were probably blinded by her tears. Who knows? But uh, yeah, those are great questions. I mean, how, what happened? I mean, I want to know. What happened did, when Jesus appeared? Like, whoa, did these angels like, whoa, you know? Holy, then, holy, holy. <laughs> but 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 then Jesus asked her the same question. But right? she still didn't understand who he was. No. So maybe it was the tears. It was dark. She still didn't know. All right. Yeah. So Jesus asked her kind of the same question. You know, why are you weeping? Mm. Then he added, whom are you seeking? Mm. Jesus knew everything. He yep. was helping her work through everything she was feeling and experiencing at the moment. Yeah, it's like sometimes this happens in my own life. It's it's like you want the answer, and Jesus doesn't give you the answer. What he does a lot of times for me is he asks me the question. It's like this morning when I was preparing for um, a show. I was like, okay, I'm going to do the, 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 say this. And Jesus said to me, he goes, wait, have you not talked to me about it yet? You know, he asked me the question, are you, are you going to ask me? Are you going to get my opinion? <laughs> and and, it, and again, it was in the nudging of my heart because I was already preparing a certain outline in my mind of what I was going to say or what I was going to do. And he was saying, nah, talk to me first, get my anointing. And so, you know, he knew Mary's heart was broken and confused. He did not rebuke her, but tenderly revealed himself to her. All he had to do is say her name, Mary. Immediately, she recognized him. All she could say is Rabboni, Rabbi master my teacher and so she immediately and i think it's the same thing with jesus life is hard and he just says your name isn't that cool though yeah you didn't recognize his body or his, his questions his person, or yeah but he rec she recognized his voice mm. how cool to be we would just recognize his mm. i said ooh. And all right now i know why you were so giddy yeah because that's one of those things that you once you learn the the voice of god in your own life it changes you it's, I always tell people, <clears throat> when, I can, when I examine someone's life, I can tell you if they've been in God's presence or not. A person that's been in God's presence is a transformed person. Mm. It's a person that is giddy. It's a person that is filled with love. It's a person that is, I know what God is telling me. I know what he's saying. I, I, I experience his love every day. It's different. It's different. You hear him constantly. It's overwhelming at times. And, and, and we, you know, it's the same thing. So once you know his voice, there's no mistake in it ever. You're, you, you are constantly in the, in the, in the safety of God. You're constantly in his peace. You're constantly in a, in a, in a place that's great. No matter what's happening on the outside, it's good. And right there, she knew Rabboni, I'm here, master, teacher. Awesome. Yeah. Mary not only spoke to him. But she grasped his feet and held on to him. She didn't want to let him go again, Pete. Mm. This is a natural gesture. 
Now that she had found him, she did not want to lose him again. Why do you think he told Mary not to cling to him? Yeah, that's a good question. Because when you read it, you're like, okay, I get that, you know, she's going to hold on. But why would he tell her not to? And so you, it makes your brain start thinking. You start going through kind of, okay, what's the deal? Well, some students feel that Jesus did return to the Father on that morning, and that was the ascension he was referring to, but no other New Testament passage corroborates this interpretation. To say that he was fulfilling the symbolism of the Day of the Atonement and presenting the blood of the Father is stretching um, too far as well. So what I'm saying there, I've confused my own self. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm saying there is, they're saying that he hasn't um he hasn't fulfilled his his duty or he's still in the in between stage or whatever that was right um and then to say that he was fulfilling the symbolism of the day of atonement as presenting the blood of the father is stretching so he it was different the the blood was already spilt here was not this was a this was already afterwards he's already resurrected it's not that's not what's happening here. Um, this is getting to a deeper, deeper side of things that I did not prepare properly for. But that's, <laughs> so but, but I mean, I get, I know, I get the gist of it. Is, um, I think it's because he is, um, I think, teaching her that, you know, don't hold on too tight for me now because I'm going to be ascended. I'm going to be going. I'm going to be leaving. Well, and that's yeah. kind of what Jesus says yeah. too, right? He says, yeah. "I have not ascended to the Father." But he's going to hang around for another what forty days or right. so. so I mean, or does he there. ascend and come back? And I don't know. A good question for yeah. him one day. So, hey, all of you smart people that have studied let this, <laughs> let us know. We never come acting like we know everything. So, we'll just let you know. So, if you know why Jesus told Mary to to not hold on to him, let us know. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, one more statement, Pete. It is good to have faith. That is based on solid evidence, but the evidence should lead us to the word, and the word should lead us to the Savior. It is one thing to accept the doctrine and defend it, but it is something else to have a personal relationship with the living Lord. That's the best part. There's your title. I mean, that's the best part. I mean, both Peter and John believed that Jesus was alive, but it was not until the evening that he met the risen Christ in person along with the other disciples. Evidence that does not lead to experience is nothing but dead dogma, meaning dead belief. Hmm. The key is faith in the word of God. Historical faith says Christ lives. Saving faith says Christ lives in me. Wow. You have the saving faith. And so there's many, 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 many people that are, that are a part of a church that believe in the historical Jesus. They believe that he's he's God. They believe that he died again on the risen on the third day. But when Jesus calls you by name, you say Rabboni. Hmm. And and I know that there are many that don't. They don't know Jesus, and that's what we were just talking. It's it's one thing to know about him. It's another thing to be known by. Him. Well, and I think you know Barry would say the same thing if he was here. Uh, all of us had had this story about, you know, we knew who Jesus was. All of our, I mean, all of our lives, we we knew who Jesus was. We celebrated Christmas. We celebrated Easter. We talked about him. We believed he died on a cross. We believed, but he wasn't our Lord. 
And that's that's the difference. So, I mean, before you can get to that point, I mean, you almost ha- you have to have the historical before you can even get to the the relational. Um, but I think so many people are in the historical and they think they have the relational, yeah. and and that's that's Matthew seven, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> you just used the illustration of George Washington earlier. It's like I know for a fact the historic. I have historical faith that George Washington is real. I know that for a fact. But I don't know George Washington in person. Nope. I don't know him. The difference with Jesus and George Washington is Jesus is alive. Amen. And the resurrection is alive. And we can have a living, breathing conversation with a living God. And um, my story was I, I had historical faith. I preached Jesus till I was blue in my faith. I, 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 I mean, I was I was all about Jesus in my life, but I did not know Jesus. It was it was in my garage one day when I just finally said, you know what, God, I, I can't do this anymore. And that I heard Jesus really for the first time in my life. And he and he spoke to me in the most gentle, kindest way that he possibly can. And I have not looked back since. Um I I had to stop making my life about myself. I had to, as we were talking about earlier. I had to stop going in the direction of my own will. I had to stop. I had to believe that, all right, if if you truly believe in this historical Jesus, now live the way that the historical Jesus. And that means there's obedience. And the obedience is, is denying myself and picking up my cross and following. That obedience is saying, all right, no to myself. My As John the Baptist taught us, I must decrease. He must increase. And so... That, that was the steps that I took. And then I just continued to keep taking those steps every single day. Okay, Jesus, you tell me that I'm supposed to love people. Okay, now I need to love people. Jesus, you tell me I shouldn't look at certain things. Okay, I'm not going to look at certain things. Jesus, you said that I'm supposed to treat my wife with honor and respect. Okay, I need to treat my wife with honor and respect. Jesus, you're supposed to do your kids this way. Okay, God, I'm going to do that. It was, I just slowly started saying, yes, I want to be obedient. I want to live your life. I want to live in a way that's that's pleasing to you. And those are the days that Jesus says, yeah, well done, good and faithful servant. And those are the days that he speaks to me and he's intimate. He's looking at my heart and he's saying, hey, Pete, today, are you about you or are you about me? Hey, Pete, today, are you about you or are you about me? And the minute I say, no, God, it's not about me. It's about you. And he says, oh, hey, Pete, how are you? How's it going today? Amen. And he just starts ministering to me and starts loving on me and he starts sharing these truths with me. And he opens his, my eyes to new things and I start seeing things and smelling things and, and living life so differently. I look at my grandchild and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so blessed right now because you've given me and I see her now in you through your eyes. I, I'm experiencing her through through what Christ sees. And, and it just changes me. And I was just started thinking, I started sounding like Francis Chan there a little bit when I was talking, you know who he is, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know who he is. That was funny. Um, but anyway, so if this is you and, and you're hearing us and you've never given your life to the Lord, you can do that right now. And, and all he's saying is stop being living for yourself. He's telling you to just repent of yourself. He says, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before heaven. So right now, confess and deny yourself and ask God for forgiveness of your sins and say, God, forgive me of my sins. I repent. I turn from it. 
Tell him that you believe that he is is Christ, that he rose from the grave. I mean, this is the most important part. Believe that in your heart. Tell him that. Confess that. And then the next step is just to live righteous and holy. The next step is to, is to um, you know, repent of your sins. As he's revealing to you right now what those sins are, repent. Start telling him. And get in the Word. Start reading his gospel. Start reading the book of John. Start studying this. Get involved in church. Go to a Bible-believing church and, and, and get involved there and, and you know, connect with other uh, believers. Go to a Bible study. Find someone to disciple you and help you get started. If you want, if you're looking for someone to disciple, call us. We'll get we'll help, we'll get you connected. We'll get you started. You know, go to naturaldiscipleship.com and that can get you going. But um, anything, just just re- repent of your sin. And just cry out to the Lord. Get on your knees. Cry out to the Lord. Say, God, forgive me of my sins and, and repent. And then the Bible says, if you do that, then all the angels in heaven are going to rejoice with you. And, and what a, they're going to have a party in your name, in your honor. And uh, I just, I mean, that's exciting. But if you did give your life to the Lord right now and, and you and you're cried in your heart or whatever, we would love to hear from you. Um, Bob, how could they, how'd they get, they get in contact? Yeah. Uh, reach out to us um, via the website, the, the riotpodcast.com. Um, there's a special tab just for people like you. It's called uh, Know God, and it answers a bunch of questions there. We'll direct you to some uh, the places you need to go. And if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a place actually to uh, to fill out a form and reach out to us. And like Pete said, we would love to help. We would love to assist in any way we can. We would love to hear from you. Um, you can also reach out any of our social media platforms, whether it's uh, Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's uh, YouTube. Um, we would love to hear your comments, love to hear from where you're listening uh, listening to us from. And uh, finally, I, I think I mentioned YouTube already, but when you go to the YouTube channel, make sure that you subscribe and click the the little bell. And what that will do is notify you every time a new podcast is released. So whether you listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or you watch us on YouTube, we're just honored that you've decided to join us today. And we just ask that, you know, you take this historical knowledge because I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you, you believe there's you believe in Jesus. You, you've heard about Jesus. The historical part's not not the issue. All right. And what we really wanted to just bring home today is um, the relational part of that of that relationship. We don't want to miss that part because you're missing out on everything. Remember this this God of ours who left heaven to come to earth to make a way back to him. Man, what what a story. And uh man, we're just blessed, Pete. We're so so <clears throat> blessed. Yeah, historical faith says Christ lives, saving faith says Christ lives in me. Amen. 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 Have a blessed day, guys. Take care, guys. Thank you. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.